1: Thanks for joining us. This is UnityOnlineRadio.org, the voice of an awakening world.
2: Welcome to World Spirituality, exploring the unity within all cultures and faith traditions with your host, Rev. Paul John Roach.
1: So, hello and welcome to today's show on World Spirituality on the Unity Online Radio Network. I'm your host, Paul John Rhodes. If you're listening live, it's quite a special day because it's the Hindu Festival of Mahashivaratri today. It's also Mardi Gras, uh, just getting ready for the Lenten season. And if you're a Welshman like I am, it is also St. David's Day, the patron saint of Wales. So, many things to celebrate today. Uh, Today we look at the spiritual uh, science of Kriya Yoga, um, and we're talking about uh, the book that's just been written by uh, Kenneth G. Lowenstein, uh, MD. Uh, It's also written by Andrea J. Latt, but it's Keith who's the prime writer, I think, and is with us today. And it's entitled Kriya Yoga for Self-Discovery Practices for Deep States of Meditation. Uh, Keith is board board certified in psychiatry and integrative medicine. Uh, He studied the mind-body interface since 1971 and uh, trained as a transcendental meditator. And he's focused on Kriya Yoga since 1980 under the guidance of Ganesh Baba. Um, he has an integrative mental health practice in Portland, Oregon. So it's a joy to welcome uh, Kenneth G. Lowenstein to the to today's show. We're glad you're here, Keith.
2: Yes, it's very, very nice to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm I'm excited to to speak about this with you.
1: I remember studying Kriya Yoga back in the day. My, my late wife uh, had gone through the uh, Kriya initiation and um, she, she always got a lot out of it. And one of the things that is interesting about it is, is it's as you mentioned in the book, it's both spiritual and scientific at the same time, right? It, it combines a lot of science, actually, in terms of knowledge of the body and the, the flow of energy um, but but obviously it's also about uh, raising consciousness to that um, U3 level, which you call you talk about the, the the unitive level, the cosmic consciousness awareness. So tell us, give us a little overview of what Kriya Yoga is.
2: Yeah, well, Kriya Yoga. Well, well, yoga is really a practice to unify body, mind, and spirit. So there's various various meanings of the word yoga, but um, coming together and integrating th- those aspects of human experience is the primary focus. Um, uh, all yogas have that in practice, whether it's uh, karma yoga, bhakti yoga, uh, raja yoga, um, yana yoga. Kriya yoga in particular, kri refers to work and ya refers to breath or the soul. So it is it is utilizing the breath, um, and the body to really fine tune your your body mind apparatus your your um, your human body to to experience the more subtle energies and kriya yoga is really a branch of raja yoga and that that is um, well described in um, a well known text called Patanjali's Yoga Sutras kriya is referred to in there. Um, the Bhagavad Gita uh, speaks about yogic practices. And so Kriya is one of, you, you could think of Kriya as a lineage, so to speak, from the Raja Yoga tradition that is very focused on, on scientifically using what we have here as humans uh, in this plane of existence to help us fine-tune to the subtler and more spiritual realms. So... Um, it's outlined nicely in Patanjali's um, uh, Yoga Sutras. There's the first kind of two two practices that are not unlike the Ten Commandments. Um, uh, you could think of them as uh, right ways to think and right ways to act, so to speak, um, not too different from, from Buddhist writings either. Um, then the next step is, is the body. Hatha Yoga is an example of that. But in, in Kriya and in most yoga, you, you take care of the body so that it, it serves its purpose. Um, uh, exercises, there are physical exercises so you can um, sit still for periods of time to move toward those deep moments of stillness. But then Kriya builds on that. And Kriya, as taught by Ganesh Baba, who, whose full name was Srimahan Swami Ganeshanand Giri, um, he, he was very scientifically focused he was uh, Western-educated, and he, um, uh, he really tried to present what had been rather esoteric techniques and, and bring them to the West and teach them in English instead of um, uh, a Bengali or Sanskrit language. So it was very helpful. So he broke Patanjali's Yoga Sutras, which has eight steps, down to the basic four, so the first one being the physical, the second one being breath work and, and learning how to use your breath. And in India, they use the term pranayama as, as to describe that. But, and pranayama can be very, very detailed and I can come back to that in a minute. But in general, it's re-educating your respiratory system to work for you and help to get control of your autonomic nervous system. automatic parts of your nervous system that monitor like the fight and flight reaction to help calm that down to give you different ways to be able to focus the next step is working on concentration and sensory retraction so the five senses that typically are looking for gratification in the physical world those are, are you use each one and kind of redirect the focus within and one of those practices that's very helpful to do that is the visual focus and, and trying to use your third eye as a, as a, as a, a point of concentration within, uh, within your cranium. And the final step with Kriya, at least as far as the four exercises go, has to do with vibration or sound, OM, um, the primordial sound, um, a pronove is the word that we often de- use to describe that, which is the primordial nodal vibration, um, just like it talks in the Bible, in the beginning was the word, um, and so it's that vibration. In, in, in India, Om is used a lot, but every religious tradition has its, has its own um, a relationship with, with, with that sound, and it's useful in meditation. So in in this practice, they're referred to as the four V's. So V1 is for verticalization, posture. V2, ventilation, working on the breath, pranayama. V3, visualization, working on sensory retraction by first focusing on the visual um, aspects of our our attention. And V4, vibrationalization, pulling together sounds, chanting, And and you practice each of those by themselves. You become very familiar and creative with each one. And then you move into when all of those happen by themselves in in an automatic fashion and they're integrated, you move into the first state of meditation.
1: And from there,
2: after that, there's higher levels that are referred to in different traditions as self-realization or um, samadhi or nirvana and, but this is a systematic way that you go 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 through each of those and and it's it's a um, it's a highly creative type of meditative practice and an active type of meditative practice it's not it's not passive you're utilizing your body and your mind to bring about an emergent state of awareness within your central nervous system so just like you go to sleep at night. You've trained yourself, your brain to go to sleep. You learn to do that, you know, as 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 a newborn, how to fall asleep, and now most people can can do reasonably well with going to sleep. You lay down and your brain shifts. Meditation is no different. It's on the other side of the spectrum. You are teaching your brain to work in in a in, in a different way, and the different aspects of your brain start to communicate with with each other in a different way and you get a new emergent pattern of awareness and that is the beginning of you know working with um consciousness and the more subtle fields um, that that we refer to in the book as u three ultimate universal unity but infinity god the source um uh the absolute those are all you know similar terms referring to to the same thing, and what is what is very interesting about
1: Kriya Yoga
2: is that um, if you look at just these techniques, they are fairly ubiquitous regarding throughout all the mystical traditions of of of, um, of various religions, and they're they're influenced by by culture and and um, uh, geography and and what era people are practicing, but the roots all seem to be very, very, very similar. Um, and it, um, uh, it is an interesting thing to see the universality of it as, as there are many paths, as it often is said, there are many paths but to the top, but once you get to the top, it's really you know, all the same. And um, Kriya is one of those paths, certainly, but is one that's scientifically broken down And in recent years, um, there is a neuroscientist called Stephen Porges, um, uh, and he has developed a theory called the polyvagal theory that talks about our vagus nerve. Our vagus nerve is, is the main part of our parasympathetic nervous system. So we have... That is a part of the part of the autonomic nervous system, there's kind of two parts, part that kind of speeds things up and part that slows things down. That's very general, but, um, but in, wet, in the West, we tend to be very geared toward revving things up and we don't have exercises that help strengthen the parasympathetic part, which is deep physiological relaxation. And so he's looked at the evolutionary uh, development of the vagus nerve and sees that there are different aspects of it. And the vagus nerve is very important in deep states of relaxation. And Kriya Yoga in particular has all these very, very, very subtle techniques that, they, that you do with different muscles and different ways of attention that all stimulate the vagus. So it's very interesting that, that we now have a, a, the beginnings of a scientific theory that supports deep the the why various practices were developed thousands of years ago um through experience, but it actually has some some roots in our basic neurology.
1: right, and that's fascinating, isn't it? I, lo- I love that we're making these connections now. I mean it's just I think it's the same with uh, quantum physics as well. you know we're discovering subtleties of how the universe unfolds and how we unfold ourselves. Uh, are very similar to, you know, as you said, ancient practices, ancient wisdom um, that is now being um, validated, you know, scientifically. One of the things you mention a lot in the book is the the, the connection between nature and spirit. Um, you know, the uh, in, in India we might call it uh, prakriti and, and purusha, whatever the the undifferentiated and then the the formed. Um, and and the dance between one male one female supposedly that you can't really call them that but they're often imaged as that right um but that dance and and i love the idea that you can't have the one without the other you know the the universe that we see is a a dynamic synthesis of, of these elements right and uh so to to be comfortable in your body um is essential if you're going to fully understand spirit so Sometimes I think we've we've got away from that. You know, think, oh, I got to get away from my body. It's you know, it's a, a sinful thing, and I got to get into spirit. And I know a lot of um, practitioners of meditation, you know, want to get away from it all into some sublime state. But really, it's it's uh, it's integration, and I think Kriya Yoga is very good in in that regard. Just as you referenced the the nerve there, you know how how important it is to understand and to fully be present in the body, right?
2: Absolutely, absolutely. You, you touch on a, a number of great points. One thing is, Kriya Yoga, really, the, the, is is focused on householders, um, which is the term used in India. But really, it's not. It, 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 its goal is to have regular people who have jobs and families and children, and, um, uh, to practice it. It's not necessary. I mean, it works very well if you're a monk in the in in the mountains, but uh, the point is is to bring the spiritual life into the daily life of a householder not and, and influence the human experience um and and how can you do that so you talked about nature and spirit and and nature is really just such a wonderful way to connect with spirit. i mean it is we are alive through mother nature to to appreciate spirit and and most most religions have that idea where there's a there's kind of a grand unity there's one one all-encompassing energy but then once creation starts once the vibration starts there is kind of you know a a a yin yang type type pattern so a masculine so not so much feminine and masculine or male female more masculine principle versus feminine principle so if feminine principle is um, Mother Nature you know bringing bringing life so 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 it's the spirit that animates it, but but it is it is then um, Mother Nature that brings it um, into existence, so part of yogic meditation is using what we have here given to us by Mother Nature to connect with spirit and then that unity of nature and spirit or yin and yang or. Um, Shiva and Shakti, um, to use um, Hindu terms, um, it's that unity then where you experience the infinite, and and these are these are um, yogic meditation is one way um, uh, to do that. But again, like I said, um, Kabbalah is really no different. The mystic Christians are are um, no different. Um, uh, you know, traditional Muslim practice has very similar. Um, uh, focus, the Sufis um, uh, uh, clearly have very similar practices and so it's, it's universal um, and understanding kind of what you're doing is very 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 helpful, it is all simple but takes practice and with and that is with any, any spiritual pursuit, any pursuit of meditation and meditation really is the practice to experience the spiritual realms but it is the practice that is the most important. Even, you know, you don't have to go and meditate somewhere for 12 hours a day. If you just do a few minutes a day, and if you do it at the same time of day and in the same place, that adds to the power and the resonance. You're all looking to experience the resonance. And Kriya Yoga is all about experience. So it's not about belief. It's about practice and results. So how can you um, get results quickly? Many spiritual techniques can become very rigid over the years. You have to do this so many times, you know, bow this way so many times, breathe this way so many times. Really, that loses the essence. Each of these practices have their own essence, and you want to Experience those essences and then be creative with them as you move forward um, the, one of the most important of these is the breath. Pranayama can be a fairly rigidly prescribed type of practice or you can you can try two or three of the more basic practices as described in the book and have some familiarity with them and then go off on your own journey because once you re-educate your respiratory system it can take it can lead you so instead of you doing breathing exercises your breath as you begin to learn to love your breath your breath breathes you and as you control your breath so you can control your mind and translate it, it to the yeah
1: and uh, you know what one of the things that your guru uh Baba said was you know keep your spine upright and you know everything will follow from that right and i think that's so true if this one technique that uh, is is crucially important is to keep your spine upright because then the 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 energies can flow easily and and obviously the breath can uh, do its thing too um and i mean i'm being very simplistic here because there are numerous subtle things that kriya yoga talks about and practices but you know, essential is that is that spine, because so often we are we are bent over. And I, there's a picture in the book um, of St. Francis uh, for those listening today. And it's a lovely picture. and It shows um, St. Francis open hearted, uh, look, looking out um, with joy into the world, because obviously we, we're familiar with uh, his love of nature. Uh, but it, but the the heart shaker is open because his, his spine is straight, his arms are out, uh, his palms are out, and um, and he's welcoming the universe. And uh, you know, I think you know we see people. Uh, we've been through it ourselves. When we're feeling down, we tend to be uh, bent over, our fists are clenched, um, our heads are down, our eyes are lowered, etc. It's the opposite of that open-hearted welcome and. Um, and you know, so it's important to to have that. Uh, I think you know the military emphasised uh, straight backs, not not just because of some militaristic reason, but because you know that that you've got a healthier uh, attitude to everything when you when you're at attention, right?
2: Yes, it's a great way for attention. Now, now you want your posture to be straight, and that is that is the first practice. The first practice is posture. And so, you know, a few exercises to help with that. And absolutely, you cannot breathe correctly without a proper anatomical posture. And the picture you talk about in the book of St. Francis, it's a beautiful painting from the Renaissance by by Bellini. It's it's actually um, a part of the Frick Collection in, in New York City. And if you get a chance, you can look at it even on the Internet. It also does show St. Francis his wonderful connection with animals and nature, and he's tainted in front of a rock, and the rock is almost kind of bended around him. So that just goes back to the connection of nature. To, nature is a very, very excellent way for us to help um, uh, connect with spirit. But as you work on your posture, we're looking for strength but flexibility, so you mentioned the military, and, you know, we, we're not looking for rigidity with posture. Strength and flexibility. So it does take practice, and um, it takes quite a bit of practice, but it is it is certainly worth it. And people who have challenges with their posture can work with a physical therapist or somebody who does restorative yoga or another type of body worker, and and you will feel younger very very quickly your respirations will improve your energy will improve your ability to greet others and share love will improve
1: as we close out this uh, segment some of us may be a little bit familiar with kriya yoga because we read that wonderful book autobiography of a yogi and and you've got a chart showing the various lineages that came down from that quasi mystical um entity papapogee right it's down through the lineage through Yogananda on the one side and the other uh, other side with uh, your guru um but you know that that book was wonderful I think because it's it's shared in very um down to earth ways you know the how how to practice the, this connectedness that we're talking about um and I love what I loved about it too is that Yogananda quoted so much from the bible because he saw the correlation between much of the mystical meaning within the Bible and and with Hindu uh, philosophy and understanding too. And so, as you referenced earlier, you know we see this. We see this in the in, in the in the Zohar and the, the Kabbalah. Where we see it, like you said, in Sufism. Um, certainly, we see it in Buddhism and all the various techniques there. Um, so this is not a, 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 a unique path to one religion. It's it's um, it's the, it's a way to appreciate the oneness, right? The connectedness to the, the actually the beauty that we already are. We've just sometimes forgotten that, that truth. Um, so, it, how alive and well is Kriya Yoga in in the West right now? Is it is it? Uh, I know you've got a reference in the back of the book with uh, many people that are stu- you know practicing it. So it's it's alive and well, right?
2: Yes. Well, you know, I think. Um uh it is it is not too easy to find um uh kriya yoga teachers but they are around um yogananda the self-realization fellowship is the most well-known um uh they have a very formal way of teaching it um and yogananda you know just to follow up on some of your statements um you know he referred to the brain and the spinal cord as the altars of god so you know, very focused on the on the physical aspect, and and um, uh, Ganesh Baba used to say, uh, used to used to interpret the term carrier cross" in a slightly different way, referring to your shoulders and your spinal uh, and your spine as your cross, meaning upright with your shoulders back, so that you have a a, a positive posture and you move forward with through life like that. Um, so there are a variety of organizations that you can contact for, for um, Kriya Yoga instruction. Um, one that's very active in this country is um, uh, Kriya Yoga International, which um, is, was started by uh, Paramahansa Hari Harinanda, and um, he, he also was a teacher of mine in the early 80s. And his organization has, has flourished. Um, uh, although. Lahiri Mahasaya, one of the initial teachers of Kriya Yoga, that's, that's who brought it back um, and and brought it back to um, uh, the prominence it is now, he was under the impression that it really should be taught from one householder to another and that organizations um, were not the best way to do it. So, you know, as things move forward, different things happen. But, um, but it is available and there are people who have been taught Um, kriya by by
1: masters i'm hearing the music i'm hearing the music keith um we're at the break Uh, sorry to catch you off uh come back in a couple of minutes i'm with keith Lowenstein, and we're talking about his book kriya yoga after these messages from unity
0: We're glad you found us. This is UnityOnlineRadio.org, the voice of an awakening world.
1: We now return to World Spirituality with Rev. Paul John Roach. All right. Welcome back to today's show. I'm with uh, Keith G. Lowenstein, MD, talking about his book, Kriya Yoga for Self-Discovery. And uh, as Keith referenced in, in the first segment, the, the Kriya Yoga uh, is one of the many ways, um, some of the universal ways to uh, enter into this unitive state, this Christ consciousness, we might call it, in unity, uh, this presence awareness, I like to call it myself. Um, but uh, all this is addressed in my new book, so uh, have a look at it. It's uh, Unity in World Religions. It just came out. It's on Amazon, Kindle, and you can order it from Unity as well. talks a lot about the commonality, the, the unity of understanding that's, that's within all, all religious systems. And one thing I I, I love about Kriya Yoga um, is that, you know, some of us are intent upon reaching that level of awareness uh, samadhi nirvana enlightenment uh cosmic consciousness whatever you might call it but we're not quite sure how to do it we're um we we know that okay i'm gonna need to meditate i need to be mindful or whatever but you know how do i practice it exactly and what i love about kriya yoga is it's it's a system a subtle uh, but consistent system right that helps us do exactly this and a bit like, as you mentioned, Patanjali's Yoga Sutras, you know, it follows the, a pathway, right? Um, and I think sometimes we need that. We, we need these uh, proven techniques. And I, I love what you said, Keith. It's, it's not a belief, right? It's a practice. You don't have to believe this stuff. You, you just have to practice it and see that it actually works and, and put it into practice in your life. And I think unity people are really into this because... We're spiritual and not religious. We don't necessarily want to believe just because somebody else said it, and we want to put it into effect in our, in our own particular experience. On page sixty, you've got a chart that is you could you could study that chart for hours. I think there's so much in it. It's um, let's talk about it because you mentioned the the four V's right before mm-hmm. earlier the show. Um, the the ways. Yes. Face up. But there's there's also um, the way down. You've got creation on the one side, e- involution, and then you've got evolution. And Charles Fillmore, the co-founder of Unity, said that uh, there could be no evolution without involution. That God involved everything um, in, in, into the universe before it could evolve, which is exactly what this this chart is about, right? Um, so so again, it's the it's it's the spirit and nature. Uh, Coming together as yin and yang, as Shiva-Shakti or whatever, um, and and so talk about it. What what I love I love it because it's very clear. I wish we had a I wish we could show it to people, but uh, I, I'm sure you could sh- you you can give us the essence of it in in a, in a little bit of time.
2: Yeah, ab- absolutely. I'll, I will talk about that right before I go there. Though I want to mention. Um, you know, about, about belief and, and, and that, you know, these are kind of universal techniques. Um, you know, if you do have a practice already, if you do meditate, try just sitting straight when you do it and do your regular practice. Or if you go to church, you know, when, when you're listening to the sermon and when you're reciting prayer, just try sitting straight and engaging in a slow, deep respiration and, and, and notice the difference. And if you do have a belief system, well, you can add that to this. And, and, and yoga traditions are not, not um, um, in the West, probably Christianity is the, the best focused on, 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 on belief and devotion with regards to um, uh, religious practice, but you can bring that. Just use the physical practices of Kriya to whatever, to whatever you're doing. And those physical practices in Kriya are, are clearly delineated um, in, in this diagram that Paul's talking about. And uh, Ganesh Baba referred to it as the cycle of synthesis. And it is a model that describes the, the infinite dimensions of human experience. It's, it's, a, it's a combination of, of Western science, evolution, quantum physics, Vedanta, philosophy, and yoga. And, and what it shows is it starts with um, uh, infinity. And from that, from, from, from that moment, there's creation. And um, uh, the consciousness being the least dense and, and, and being everywhere um, uh, and, and outside of time. But as creation gets more dense, you end up with time and with matter. And there's eight categories that are referred to as, um, using Kant's term of a priori categories, meaning these things exist, whether or not you know there's, there's, there's a potential for these things to exist, whether or not you humans are around to, to experience them, but they are going from um, the beginning of creation to the end, consciousness, intelligence, mind, life, time, space, energy, and matter. And they're further broken up into four fields. So going from the bottom to the top, there's the inertial gravitational field, which operates the physical universe, which we're well aware of, and our, our solar system, our planets, uh, what we're made of. Um, the next field is is the electromagnetic field. Now this is the most important field from the standpoint of understanding this whole concept, because this is based on the electromagnetic field and quantum physics. And so the idea of, of, of fields and current, so you have an electric current running through a wire and it generates a magnetic field around it. Hence, all of these four fields work a similar way. So there's the electricity and magnetism field, there's the biopsychic field, so, so our biology, our life energy courses through our body, our neurology, our neurons, and we get mind. And similarly, intelligence is the current and consciousness is the field. And so the top, the top two fields, the biopsychic and the teleconscious field, which includes life, mind, intelligence, and consciousness, that is beyond time and space. So the time-space continuum that was so uh, clearly defined by Einstein is, is the lower half of this, of this um, mandala, of this circle, and it includes time, space, matter, and energy. Then if you go on the right side, there's evolution moving back up. So creation comes and makes matter, but then as matter starts to interact, we get life and it evolves into, the the Darwinian ladder that that um, uh, we're all familiar with, and then how do you pursue human evolution further? So that is meditation and spiritual growth. So that is really where we are at now. So clearly we are struggling as 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 um, a society at the moment in many 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 ways. Um, uh, there's many other things going on today in the news that were not mentioned by Paul that, that makes this a very significant day. And um, what can we do as individuals to shift the energy? So the mother nature is, is, is now you know a little, a little dysregulated as we see with climate change. Climate change isn't new. The earth has gone through multiple changes over time, but the pace at which it is changing right now is new. And it's very new for humans. Humans, our nervous system, has not experienced this amount of climate dysregulation before. So what can we do to help maintain our tranquility and focus is a meditative practice. And the more that we can meditate and shift our own vibration, we will affect the vibration of others. So the the calmer and more focused we can be, the more we can induce that in others. So we will be seeing more dysregulation, but the more people that can practice self-regulation and experience some type of self-discovery and self-realization, it will help the whole planet move in that direction. So, so that is, um, and the, the cycle of synthesis really kind of, that diagram delineates all of that. And I was lucky to be exposed to that in my early twenties and have had that model in the back of my mind for the last 40 years. So it has been a, a very helpful way to, to, to view, um, uh, a human life.
1: Yeah, it's a beautiful diagram and, um, you know, there's so many things in it that you can contemplate, but I, I, love the idea that it's all here at once in the sense, you know, that, um, everything's a potentiality or a tendency towards something so um you you, it's not like well i'm stuck in one place no you're not you know you're you're only stuck there if you think you are and um, and i love this idea that uh, you know the vibrational levels of awareness uh, are potent you know Uh, we are connected to each other we are one the the world we live in is, is not does not have boundaries except in our own Minds, or, or in our polit- politics, or whatever. Um, you know, somebody, I wrote something uh, uh, positive about uh, the situation in Ukraine. I think on my Facebook, and and somebody wrote, well, you know, it's use. I said, just be praying with these people, and uh, oh, that's useless. You know, there's no <laughs> nothing comes from prayer. We, we need to act, and and I thought wrong. You know, prayer is ex- exceptionally powerful, and. Um, As you mentioned, you know, the the more we can um, focus our calm and compassionate energy towards something that real change can be affected. So no, nobody's useless. Right. It's 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 it's, um, foolishness to think that. I think it's sort of nihilistic to to think, well, I I can't do anything. I may as well not bother. Um, It's incredibly important to bother, I think, right now. Yes.
2: It's incredibly to bother all the time, all the time, yeah. because there is just suffering in the world. There has right. been for a long time, and that's well described, right? It, Buddhism clearly focuses on, on spiritual enlightenment from that standpoint as a way to end suffering. And how best to end suffering but to interact with others in a loving, compassionate way? And how can you do that by fine-tuning your own you know, neuropsychic apparatus so that you are always in that state of connection, just like the picture of St. Francis that you described um, uh, in the book. Your heart is open, you're focused, you're present, and, and just making eye contact with someone in the morning and saying hello to them and being in that space changes their vibration in the day. And just you just think about how that effect goes through. The more people that do that, that wake up every morning, practice self-regulation, and go throughout that day. What a powerful, powerful, powerful um, uh, effect that would have on our society and on the planet.
1: Absolutely. So in terms of your um, practice, you know, your um, medical practice, um, I'm assuming you're integrating in some way some of the, the elements of of Korea in, into that, right? And if so, you know, d- describe that how how are the effects of that.
2: Well, absolutely. You know, I, I I really try to help people understand that they are connected to the planet. So, and 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 as much as you can get connected with nature, the better. How you eat, when you go to sleep, when you wake up. We are so disconnected from nature, nature is a is a huge regulatory force on our being, and so the more we can connect with it, the better and Yoga is not the only practice that describes that right Taoism is all about that as well and and most aboriginal um, indigenous uh, societies around the world, their spiritual practices are around nature it is it is um, uh, rich and and full of energy um, if individuals connect. So sleep is probably one of the most important things. When do you go to sleep? When do you get up? You know, the more you can connect that with the sun, the less electronics that you interact with around in the evenings, the better your sleep will be. The better you sleep you, you are, the more attention you have the next day, the more strength, the more ability To go within and then take compassion with you and share that through the day so yes so i I certainly teach people about posture about about sleep about diet about connecting with nature all of those things the closer you are to to the natural ways of of our planet the the stronger your base is and you can move forward from there and then move forward toward advancing your own growth and evolution so you can help those around you.
1: I need to mention, folks, uh, about the book, too, that uh, we, we've talked in general, but the book is filled with specific techniques and practices, different breathing techniques, different ways to uh, use energy of the spine, um, to it's lock the body in, into certain um, subtle energies and, and, and all kinds of things that we, we can't we can't get into detail about today. But if you get the book, it, it reveals all that. So it, it's a wonderful guide to the various uh, practices and techniques that it involved in in Kriya Yoga. So I, I did not want to miss that because I think that's important. Um, and you will get a lot of um, practical advice uh in the book that you you can begin to put into in practice in in your own spiritual path um and one of them i want to touch on this because i liked it It, you call it the uh the fourfold path of striving right um the first path is our first stage is to consider impermanence and again that's another one of the uh the buddha's understanding of the, the universe it's in constant change and you know, the Greek philosophers knew this too, right? You can't step into the same river twice. Everything's changing. Um, it that can be a source of sadness, but it's also a source of joy because it, you know, thank goodness things change. Otherwise, we'd be stuck. And so, impermanence is, is carries a, a blessing. And and the second stage is um, embodiment of non-attachment, not not to get attached to the things that change because they're they're going to they're going to change. But then you've got the states three acquisition of six spiritual wealths and I love these um do you want to talk about those those six uh, qualities that uh, we because so often when we hear the word wealth we're talking about stuff or money or possessions or whatever but true wealth is totally different right
2: Well yes and and you know you use the word joy and that is um that is probably you know the most important thing. So what? What is this? These are techniques to experience true inner joy that does not have to do with outside things. Happiness tends to be more related to 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 um to things, but joy is is much more of an eternal eternal um uh, a feeling that is. Transcend what's going on in the world around you, and it is something through the practice of meditation—not just Kriya. I mean, any meditation practice. The more you experience joy, the more the six spiritual wealth become, um, you know, part of part of who you are. The more you can instantly engage in self-regulation and and move into a deep state of compassion, the more equanimity you feel, you know. Toward toward the world and yourself, um, uh, how obstacles seem, you know, not not insurmountable anymore. How you experience a sense of unity of of everything, and and you get filled with a deep sense of well-being, joy, and really um, uh, uh, love. And so these are these are things though that come from the. Experience Experience, right, you can read, you know, scriptures are great. You can read a lot about scriptures, and it can it can help you go on a path. But boy, there's nothing like experience. And and experience then, when you go back to books and scripture, wow, you know, they they talk to you in a different way, and there is such a wealth of knowledge there because many individuals have walked these paths. Take time to write about their experiences, and and when you read back after having some experience, you can get great insights to help you with your with your own path forward. And so it's a practice that that um, uh, you know gets more interesting over time. Um, I I was speaking with some neighbors during COVID when COVID first started, and we were Everyone was outside and um, uh, talking and someone asked me or someone was asked, talking to me about meditation and they said, gee, you know, it's just, I just can't sit, I just can't attend. And, and you know, my comment to them was, well, you know, with a little bit of practice, meditation has just gotten more and more and more interesting to me as the decades have passed. It's a fascinating world to explore and it's all—it's all inside of you. It's all there. It just takes focus and introspection, and the techniques in the book, to, you know, allow you to experience that, you know, fairly quickly. Fairly quickly. Of course, it's great to have a teacher in person, but you know, I've been teaching on the internet since COVID, and uh, I've been quite surprised um, that it's gone um, uh, extremely well. Um, and um, so, a lot of the basic um, uh, instructions can be can be um, transmitted that way. And I've developed videos that I use when I teach people online. I teach classes every few months, and um, and it's it's um, uh, it, it it really is um, you know a wonderful thing. Um, so any 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 type of practice you do, I would just encourage any type of practice. Um, but you know, Kriya, and one reason Ganesh Baba put Kriya together was to have an accelerated path. So he he has a, a, a quite a varied background um, with with his teachers as well, and he he put together a a, a group of practices that really help accelerate your growth if practiced as, um, mm-hmm. but, you know, as developed. So so utilizing so so. So practicing kriya or any technique, as I was saying, would really be a, a absolute excellent um, uh, choice for anybody. Again, the regular practice is very important because it's your, your physiology then becomes attuned and is waiting for it. Just like you can fall asleep if you go to bed at the same time every night, or you find you get up at the same time every day because your body's used to it your body also will be trained to go into deep meditative states at the same time of day because that's what you do. So that the, if you do it at the same time, the association happens. And you can explore each of these practices. You can spend years refining each of these. So one, one, one thing we did not talk about was micromodulation. So there's the four Vs. The posture, breath, the third eye, and, and vibration. So verticalization, ventilation, visualization, and vibrationalization. Each of those can be fine-tuned in a creative way for long periods of time. And as you get into it, you get a, first you get a pretty, you know, gross type of way to control each one, but it gets finer and finer and finer and finer. And finer. And there is um, uh, no end to where you can um, uh, go to explore um, uh, those things. And taking care of your general health and well-being is is also um, important. So a little bit of physical exercise every morning um, before you sit would be helpful, and just a few minutes, just a few minutes. If you spend three to four minutes doing some basic strength training, um, or some some uh, hatha yoga, and then you even just spend five minutes practicing kriya, um, your your life will change quite considerably, and you will you will experience uh, much more synchronicity um, uh, in, in your life. And it's a it's a wonderful way to uh, to live. So many people probably listening to this already have a spiritual practice of some sort, um, but. You know, I would encourage you to, to think about it in a little more of a scientific way because um, there is more and more science supporting this all the time.
1: Absolutely. Well, I, got, I lost you there, but I don't think our audience lost you, so I was just talking to myself okay. for a few minutes. Um, I told them about next week's show, but I don't think anybody was listening because they were listening to your wonderful words. But let me share, next week, Erica M. Elliott, MD, joins me to talk about her book, Medicine and Miracles in the High Desert, which is about her experience uh, among the Navajo people of Arizona. So that should be an interesting show too. But right now we're right at the end of the show. Um, thank you, Keith, so much for uh, being on the show. Could you give us your um, contact um, email or not email? But your website, if people want to find out more about you, where would they go? Yes. yeah. So I have
2: a website. It's. Uh Kriya Breath, one word, K R I Y A, and then breath, B R E A T H. KriyaBreath.com, and that has information about the book, about the lineage, the Kriya Yoga lineage that I'm part of, as well as the um, classes that I run. And I, I, I look forward to hearing from any of you.
1: Excellent. All right. Yeah, get the book, folks. Thank you so much, Keith, for being on the show today
2: take care
1: thank you for having me thanks for listening folks bye-bye now be safe bye-bye thank you for listening this is unity online radio the voice of an awakening world.